I'm obsessed with it. Hello, my name is Fraser and this is Zipsessed, the podcast where I chat to people I can't get enough of about what they can't get enough of. Obsessed. We'll find out what they're obsessed with. No, <laughs> not the Penang curry. Who they're obsessed with. A sea cucumber. And maybe even some dirty little secret obsessions. Don't yucky yum. This is what I mean. We need to know more about these things. I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome back to Zipsessed. I have someone, a dear friend today, and they are Mia Artemis. Mia is a queer actor, writer, and model. She's featured on Sweet Tooth on Netflix, uh, pieces of her, and also a great queer indie film, The Longest Weekend. Um, (laughs) She's an extremely talented poet sharing vulnerability and also fresh perspectives around loss, family, culture, and also feminine power. Welcome, Mia. Hi, Fraser. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Just want to say that, like, we're literally recording this at my bedside. <laughs> like, I'm, like, under the covers, like, lying down, and it fully, Fraser said before, it fully looks like I'm, like, we're, like, recording, like, my last words. Like, my <laughs> my last sentiments before I, like, die. Uh, she's, like, all cocooned up in her doona. She's wearing her pajamas. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got like my like my a box of, of tissues beside her bed. My antidepressants next to the bed. Like. It's real. It's real. <laughs> and I'm perched up on the side of the bed, like literally at the corner. I love it though. <laughs> so Mia, the reason why I am so obsessed with you is because you're often so open. You don't hold back, and you're able to communicate with people directly, which I think is an incredible skill to have. You're kind and loving, but I just love that you say what you're thinking and you tend to not sugarcoat things, which is, I think that's partly why I'm so drawn to you and partly why we get along so well. So yeah, I am obsessed with you, Mia. I'm obsessed with you too and you're making me fucking cry. (laughs) Because I think all those things about you. I'm so obsessed with you. No, seriously, you've been like, you've fucking, you've been like that friend that like when you just need someone to like hold you and cry. And then you've also been that friend that's been like, bro, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> like you need to do something about this. Um, Yeah, I love you. I'm just obsessed with you. Oh, I love you too. I do. Okay, well, let's go get on with the first question okay. of the podcast. Yes. Which is, what are you obsessed with right now? Glee. Glee. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> we just finished watching. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Glee. It's so good. Yeah. I love Glee. <laughs> I'm a Gleek. I'm a Gleek and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, I'm actually glad that we just finished an episode because I was telling you that I had never actually watched yeah. Glee growing up. I... I just think that I was too scared to watch it. Um, (laughs) Glee's going to make me gay! (laughs) Exactly that. I couldn't be caught watching Glee. I wasn't a Gleek and I never would be. And you never will be. So, have you seen the entire series before? Okay, no, I haven't watched the entire series. I reckon... Because it came out when I was like 10 Mm. or 11. 
And it was, like, at that time where, like, Glee was fucking massive. Like, everyone was watching it. Everyone thought, like, genuinely thought it was, like, an amazing show. Yeah. It won all the Golden Globes. Like, all of, like, the actors were, like, such, like, A-listers. And then, like, that was, like, the first two seasons. And then, like, after the third season, it kind of just got a bit weird and shit. And then the fourth, fifth, and sixth seasons I didn't watch because it's, like, a completely new cast because Mm. all of the actors have moved on to college. And so they had these, like, new kids who came in. The ring-ins. Yeah, which was... I just didn't like it that much. Yeah, even when we watched that episode this afternoon, there was some lines that were said that I was like, ooh, (laughs) that's interesting yeah or like when you thought i don't know for anyone who's like a big glee fan and remembers the episodes we were watching the prom episode where Artie and puck try to like they're like yeah we're gonna like spike the punch and then Artie gets caught by coach sue sylvester spiking the punch and and then she like takes him and like holds him hostage (laughs) and tries to like she's like i'm gonna torture you with my dental kit and then and Artie's like, the one thing I wanted was just to, just to like, go out there and impress and, like, dance with my ex-girlfriend. And then Sue's like, you just told me what you want. Like, I was trying, I'm interrogating you and you just told me, like, the one thing you want. Like, you're the worst POW ever. And Fraser was like, <laughs> Fraser was like, no. oh, my God. It was like, does POW mean person on wheels? <laughs> person on wheels. Well, I was, like, racking my brain for what could this possibly mean? P-O-W, and I was like, P-O-W. no, it's prisoner of war. <laughs> Yeah, I feel really stupid for that. But yeah, for everyone out there, POW means prisoner of war. Oh my lord. Um, My lord. Who would you who would you say your favorite character on Glee is? Oh. If you had to pick one. My favorite character is probably oh, this is actually really hard. Either like Sue Sylvester or Brittany. Because Britney's just, like, she just has, like, the best one-liners. And, like, the girl who plays her, Heather Morris, like, isn't even, like, is not an actor. She's just, like, a dancer. And then they gave her, like, a couple of lines in the first season. And, the like, the directors and creators were, like, fuck, she's actually really funny. And so she just... give her more. Yeah. So she just, like, has this whole, like, just, like, deadpan thing, which I find hilarious. And then Sue Sylvester's just, like, iconic... She's so iconic. Yeah, she is iconic. I thought that she was um, like a lesbian in Glee, but no. not a lesbian in real life. But turns out it's the other way around. Yeah, no, she's a lesbian <laughs> in real life, but not in Glee. I love her. But yeah, I don't think any... But that's the thing. None of the queer characters, apart from Kurt, are played by queer actors. And there seems to be a lot of queer characters in there. Yeah. Which I guess, like, for the time was pretty progressive, mm. but it also wasn't at a time where people were realising, like, oh, we should really be casting, like, authentically casting roles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's been a lot of shift in... Yeah, in the industry, which yeah. is so good, because, like, who better to play a character that, like, is someone's lived experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. <coughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> looking at me like I'm a crazy person. No, I'm I've got my hands on my knees, like literally over the corner of her bed. Like, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so you're obsessed with Glee right now, but who? Who am I obsessed with? What person are you obsessed um, with right now? So have you ever watched Grey Gardens? No. The documentary? No, I haven't. 
Oh my god. What is it? So it's like this really old. It was like this documentary made in 1975, I think. That's very old. And it's about these like these two guys, documentary crew. They follow these like two women, a mother and a daughter. The mother, the daughter's in her 50s. The mother's old as fuck. She's like <laughs> late 80s. But they were they came from like this really old money in New York. Want like the kind of families that like you know they were friends with the Rockefellers and the Astors and stuff. Mm. Old, old, very, very rich. And then the dad, the patriarch of the family, ended up like running away and marrying someone else, and then just left the wife and the daughter. And he had three sons as well, and they kind of all just went and did their own thing. But the wife and the daughter were kind of just like left to their own devices, and then. They decided to move one of their many properties, this family holiday house in the Hamptons, and the pro- like. The estate's called Grey Gardens, mm. and they essentially kind of just like being really reclu- reclusive, lived in the house by themselves, kind of went a bit crazy, mm. and then in like the seventies, the like local police were like, "Your house is like not up to code. Like, there's literal cat shit." inside nothing like, like nothing's been cleaned you sleep in beds that are, that are like covered in slices of ham oh. like this is like not all right and then because but like this is their cousins with jackie onassis jackie kennedy oh okay yeah so she like was like i'm gonna come in i'm gonna clean the whole place up went and like clean the place up and then these two documentary guys were like fuck we have to go in and just observe these women i feel like it's like it's such a queer, iconic documentary. I'll play. I'll play you the um the trailer. Oh, Google ad. Just gotta wait for Google ad. Who is she? Who is she? Who is she? This is the worst one of my wedding pictures. Yeah, that was the one. Was that a fashion show? I thought it was the cat's pajamas in there. Oh my god. Okay, that's iconic. It's so good. Anyway, so, so right now I'm obsessed, and I think I've always kind of been obsessed with her, but just recently, because I kind of I identify with her is little Edie, who's the daughter, um, because she's just iconic. Sis like walks around in headscarves and will like just like wrap a t shirt. Like her outfits are just so slay all the time. And she's like really into astrology and she'll just like, she'll just like sit, she like walks around with this like magnifying glass <laughs> and she'll like sit on the porch and like read astrology and be like, oh, a Scorpio man. Oh God, you know the Scorpio men, they're just so, oh God. Or she's like, or she'll like go up to like, when she's talking about like her family history and she'll like go up real close to the camera and be like, but the relatives didn't know that they were dealing with a staunch character. (laughs) Just like shit like this. And I'm like, yes, queen, pop off. Does it feel like a documentary or a mockumentary when you're watching it? No. So it feels like a documentary, but then, you know, Bill Hader, the comedian. No. He's on SNL. Okay. Same with Fred Armisen. Like... In the past or recently? Recently. Okay. So him and Fred Armisen, who are these two comedians, they did like, they did like a, they copied it. They made like a spoof. Nice. And it's so funny. Like I always tell people, I'm like, if you haven't seen Grey Gardens, the original, watch the trailer and then watch the Bill Hader 
Fred Armisen one because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> like Fred Armisen as Big Eighty is like, oh my god. So there's Little Eighty and Big Eighty. Yeah. So Little Eighty's the daughter, and Big Eighty's the um the mum. And is Little Eighty like the caretaker? No, they literally just like live together. They like live in squalor. Like all they they literally just like lie in bed and like look at old photo albums and just like talk really random shit to each other. And then they'll be like lying outside in the sun, like trying to suntan. And then like little Edie will like bring out like the scales and like take a photo of her weight and be like, oh god, that's awful. <laughs> like it's just they're so. I don't know, I'm just, I actually am obsessed with them. And, like, little Edie, honestly, she's a philosopher. <laughs> like, I feel like we should all live by little Edie's rules of life, you know? What was the, what's the one nugget you've gotten from her? The one nugget. Oh, yeah, probably, like, it's very hard to draw the line between the past and the present. And then, like, there's this guy in, in the doco who, um, I forget his name, but he just, like, he essentially like delivers their groceries and stuff. And he's like this teenage kid who's very clearly like, you know, I I reckon he's like doing heroin or like smoking way too much weed or whatever. Mm. But (laughs) little Edie's always like, she's like, I mean, it's very sad because I know he wants to have sex with me. (laughs) I just know it, but I can't, I can't have sex with him. And she's like, we call him the marble fawn. We call him the marble fawn out of the boy from the book because he just looks so much like him. Oh, our marble fawn. And it'll just cut to, like, the kids sitting there, like, just, like, so, like, buzzed out. And they're like, oh, we don't know what we'd do without you. You're the glue that holds this whole house together. Like, it's just... So is the whole is, is the whole shtick, like, they're, they don't do much, but they, they're from money, so they have this big house, but it's yeah. a pigsty. yeah. That, yeah, okay. I think it's just that, like, what's so fascinating about it, it's, like, it's such a fall from grace. Okay. Because there was such, like, such a prolific, famous, one of, like, the richest families in America. And, like, everyone else in the family is off, like, doing rich, you know, normal things. And then there's, like, these two who, like, <laughs> are just, like, there's a story. She, like, little Edie wears the scarves because she has alopecia. But then, like, one of her cousins came out and was like, no, actually, one time she climbed a tree and, like, set her hair on fire. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. <laughs> she's just, like, I feel like, especially, like, as someone who lives with borderline personality disorder, I identify with that. Like, obviously, I've never done something like climbing a tree and lighting my hair on fire. But I think just, like, more unhinged in just the sense of, like, I think in relationships and you know my interactions with people like like I remember like my very first boyfriend in year 11 like we'd been together for like three months and we got engaged and then like told everyone and obviously like it wasn't going like it was so stupid actually come to think of it that's not the only that is not the only relationship where I've been like, I think we should get engaged. And it's like, and I've noticed I do it when I think thing as a way to like try and fix things. Because with BPD, the whole thing is like, it's about like a big thing about like having a fear of abandonment. Okay. So most people who have it have gone through some sort of traumatic loss in their life or like abuse. So for me, like my mom died when I was 12. 
So I have to, like, I've been working really hard recently because I only got the diagnosis, like, last year. And before then it was bipolar. And then they changed it. Um, A little, like, switcheroo. Switch around. Um, But, yeah, you... So, like, I find it really hard to break up with people or, like, end a relationship even if I'm, like, so unbelievably unhappy. I just, like, can't do it. Yeah. And I'll do things, like, I think... And since I've been an adult, it's only happened once, but I'll do stuff, like, you know, suggest getting engaged because I'll be like, okay, maybe this will just, like, fix everything. Mm. You know, just, like, something big that's, like, exciting and fun and that'll make me, like, fall in love with them again. And then we'll inevitably, I'll inevitably end up like breaking up with them because I've made this massive decision and call, which is just so unhealthy and stupid. And then, I mean, yeah, like obviously like not going to disclose, but even with you, like we've had interactions where you've been like, what the fuck? Mm. And then, and you've like, and honestly, you're a big part of like why... I was like, shit, I actually need to fucking get into proper treatment in terms of, like, treating BPD because I can't, like... I started seeing things from the perspective of others because I was very... It becomes very, like, I'm in pain. It's my pain. Why why doesn't everyone else see it? Why doesn't everyone else, you know... Why isn't everyone else in pain as well because of the pain that I'm feeling? And... Yeah, it takes, like, like someone like you being, like, I don't know how to help you. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, and I need to protect myself. Which, then you're, like, oh, shit. Like, like, because with BPD, we, this thing happens called switching. So you can go from, like, it's very, like, black or white. So you either, like, absolutely love someone or you absolutely hate them. Which is why, especially for me, in breakups... I'll be so back and forth between like, oh my God, like I really miss them and I love them. And then I'll start messaging them again. And then they don't give me the response that I want. And then it's like, well, fuck you. I fucking hate you anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's like that, I think with, and that's happened with like friendships mm. as well. Like I, like last year, I burnt like quite a few bridges with people that were very important to me because I just was, I was just assuming that like everyone else was the cunt and kind of refusing to kind of look inward and be like, oh shit, Mm. maybe I'm the cunt right now. And so, yeah. But it's not even that. I just feel like there's even for me, like what you said before, I just have such little understanding of borderline personality disorder um and when you were going through your challenges it it is hard to be there and as much as you want to be there for the people that you love like you you, and like you have to because that's the thing it's like in my mind you think of it as like, and I think especially when you lose, and I'm sure other people have gone through this experience, but like when you lose a parent young, mm-hmm. because 
everyone kind of swaddles you up to give you as much love and care and attention. And I think for me, it almost turned into this like superiority complex. Like I, I almost thought that I was like better than other people or like more evolved than other people because I'd gone through this traumatic loss. Mm. And so, and then it turns into this, like no one understands pain the way I see it. No, like whatever, anything anyone else is going through will never compare to what I've been through. So yeah, you just don't understand or kind of accept and just ignore the fact that other people have their own shit that like they need, you know, you need to also provide care for them Mm. and also respect boundaries. Like that's a big thing with BPD. And like I've said to friends, especially like, I think even in like the last six months, I've come a long way in terms of treatment and how I manage my condition. But yeah, telling, telling people and being like, set as many boundaries as you need. Like always tell me, always be honest with me. If Mm. it's like me, I can't right now. Like this is too much. Cause not like, people have different capacities to be able to deal with other people's problems, you know? And like, I've taken such a focus on like, like I used to have such a tendency to like dump on people Mm. to just like dump everything. And then they'd give me advice and I'd just be like, okay, cool. Great. Like done. Thank you. Without even really caring about what they have to say. No, I like, that's even like, I've noticed a shift in you and I feel like I've witnessed you taking more accountability and also setting healthy boundaries for yourself um, which I think is incredible and I guess like just shows that once you know more about your condition and other people know more like I've um, I think but I feel like again like there's such there's such a stigma mm. with borderline because it is like it's one of those conditions where so like it essentially it like way more women are diagnosed with it than men and it's kind of the condition that like in the 1800s it was like crazy women's disorder you know what i mean like they diagnose it as hysteria um but yeah it has that stigma because we can you know because we have so much difficulty like regulating our emotions and our distress tolerance levels are very low. We sort of act in definitely, you know, we deal with things and act in ways that are very disproportionate to how we're feeling. And so that's why um, DBT, which is the the therapy that I'm doing, it's called dialectical behavior therapy is all about that and kind of learning the skills to be able to deal with it. And honestly, anyone can do DBT. Like, I think it's great. It's not just for people with borderline. But, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like you said, taking accountability, and I'm really proud of myself that I am like have taken accountability, but then that's also, like, realising and accepting that just because you apologise to people, that doesn't mean it's, like, fixed, mm. you know? It's not... It doesn't work like that. Also kind of having to reckon that, like, yeah, sometimes you do cause so much damage that, you know, it, it you can't come back from. And then you have to accept that, like, mm. which hurts. But at the same time, it's good because you're like, well, that's something I need to learn, you know, in order to just be a better person and 
to not be so controlled by my condition. Yeah. And just like remind yourself that you've got so many people that love you, like your family mm. and friends. So, yeah. But yeah, like I'm like I'm so fucking grateful for you because you've stood by me through so much and have also been there to like be like I I don't know what to do, but you need fucking help and you need to get on top of this. Hmm. Cuz that's Yeah. I definitely got to a point where it's just like, I'm like this, I'm fucked. I can, doesn't matter, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want, like I'm fucked up. And it kind of becomes part of your identity, mm. almost. And it's like, yeah, you were like, no. <laughs> Girl, stop. <laughs> Girl, rein it in. Okay, you stop. need to stop right now, thank you very much. You need to stop right now, thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I like, I feel like I talk about borderline personality disorder a lot but also because I really don't want anyone to like I want it to be something that people understand is not this like oh fuck like because you know there's like if you look up borderline personality disorder online like the first thing my psychologist told me when I was diagnosed she was like do not google borderline she was like it's just it it's like the worst it, the worst thing to do for you is to Google it. So naturally, I Googled it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit naughty. And yeah, like the first things that come up are like, should people with borderline personality disorder like be in relationships? Like do people with borderline personality disorder even know how to love? Or like, you know, could, should you cut people with borderline personality disorder like out of your life? Wow. And it's like, and that's the thing, like, for a condition that has, like, one of the highest suicide rates, it's, like, how the fuck is this going to make mm. anyone feel people who are already, like, quite vulnerable to that sort of thinking? Why the fuck? How the fuck's that going to help anyone? Yeah. And so I think there's... It's so important. And, you know, yeah, like, I fucking love that Pete Davidson is so open about the fact that he has borderline. Because having someone that famous and with that level of celebrity, I feel like it's kind of forced people to be like, oh, like, what is this? Mm. You know? Because there are way, trust me, like, there are way more people in your life that have borderline personality disorder than you know. Because so lots of people just don't talk about it. Yeah. Because of the stigma. But for me, I was like, fuck, I'm a fucking crazy bitch anyway. Like, if I tell people, it's not really going to be a surprise. Like, no one's going to be like, what? Oh, my God. But you, like, you hold it together so well. <laughs> like, whoa, what the shit? I'm, I'm pretty sure when, like, I told, when I was in New Zealand, when I was diagnosed and I told my friend, she was like, well, yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah. I mean, it's good that we know now so you can actually, like, know how to treat it. How was it being overseas you know away from your family and things when you uh were diagnosed it was interesting i mean it was a really to be honest that whole the last 12 months have just been such a whirlwind and i think when i moved to new zealand last year i was running away from something and well, I, I'm so grateful for the time that I spent there and, you know, the circle and friends that I made, who I love so dearly. Um, I was not in a good place and just making really bad 
decisions but in a way it was kind of good because it meant I kind of had to deal with my shit without having that knowing that like my dad lives just around the corner and I could just like run back and like cry and kind of just lock myself off from the world and Mm. ignore problems like I actually had to deal with them myself like myself like I'd have to you know organize psych appointments and you know make sure I was like went to the chemist on time to pick up my medication and like even just like working yeah I don't know it was an interest like I'm very thankful for all the experiences I had there it it was a really like it was a really special time yeah um but yeah that's why I identify with Lil Edie because you know this is just another bad bitch living her best life trying to make it in you know this crazy world that we're living in (laughs) while also being slightly unhinged so (laughs) no thank you for being um so insightful and so vulnerable and you know i I hadn't heard um a lot of those things before so yeah i've i've definitely learned well thank thank you for holding space for me to talk about it and i'd also i would like to just say that like for people who you know, have someone in their life with BPD or like for family members, close friends. It's so important. Like don't ever feel like you're the only person that should look after them or that can look after them because that's not the truth. And it's so important for you to set boundaries to protect yourself because your mental health comes first. Um, and, you know, and we know like – we know that, you know, that love is always there and we are so appreciative and thankful for all the things that, you know, you do to to support us. Mm. But, yeah, just look after yourself first. And for people who aren't really familiar with borderline personality disorder, I would highly recommend just kind of doing a bit of research. Um, just not on Google. Just not Don't on Google. Google it. Don't Google it. <laughs> Don't fucking Google it. Go to Google a library for go God's to, yeah, sake. Yeah, go, go to a library. God, we live in a society. <laughs> we really do. We really do. Um, no, thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Um, <clears throat> let's change the tune. Yeah. And I really want to know, what's your secret obsession, Mia? Squishmallows. What? You know Squishmallows? No. What is that? They're like those squishy, like, plush toys. You like... Oh! Yeah. Like, no, that's not one. I'm looking at something in the room here. Yeah, that's... No, that's not a Squishmallow. All my Squishmallows are still in boxed up in New Zealand. I haven't had them um, shipped back yet. So, do you have... Do you buy them and keep them in their packages and they stay there? No, 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 no. Like, you you can... I'm not, I'm not, like, a full-on collector... Like I'm on the Squishmallow Reddit group, <laughs> but like there are people, like people like full on collect them. Like they have like a room dedicated to their Squishmallows. I just have like two or three that I just, I've just, they're so nice to sleep with. <laughs> like they're so comfy to sleep with. And like here I've been having to substitute it with like a pillow, which just is not Damn. the same. Like What's their, what are they, are they furry or are they? They're like that kind of like velour Oh, like that old pillow, the old, no. No, I'll try and find, just look up Squishmallows on your phone. But, um, some, some of the OGs out there are going to know what I'm talking about. Someone listening to this 
is also probably a diehard Squishmallow fan. Is there a word for Squishmallow um, fans? I think just maybe squished, squishters, squishters, <laughs> or like... Touchy squeeds! Squishies, squish... Oh, know. yeah. So they're sort of like, they're like a... Um, those stretchy sort of um, yeah, like and the pillows with little beads in them that n- sort of like mold. No, to- not beads. It's almost like memory foam. Ah, so it's like really like yeah. It's, okay, it's I'm gonna have to foam. buy one. Yeah, get one. Like they're actually the fucking best. <laughs> How so many do you good. have? I have like three. Nice. I ordered them all offline. And you're gonna get them back, I hope. I really hope so. <laughs> My dog is still in New Zealand. Oh, Most Madonna. of my clothes are still in New Zealand. But that's okay because he's living on a farm right now. Madonna is going to come back a farm dog. Madonna, farm. for context, Madonna is a little ratty. Chihuahua. <laughs> but <Not ratty. laughs> he is the most, the cutest, most beautiful dog in the world. Honestly, when I was living in Auckland, I think more people knew who Madonna was <laughs> than, like, than me. Like Madonna had like more of a profile than I did. Madonna is iconic, that's why. Yeah. Well, because all my friends would, like, take him out for walks and, like, look after him. And so other people that I didn't know would meet him. And then I'd I'd meet someone at a party and they'd be like, oh, I know your dog. And I'd be like, fucking, of course you do. (laughs) I just, like, chihuahuas, I have this... I have a long-standing relationship with chihuahuas. Go, Rocky, go! Yeah, my nana had... Poor Rocky died. Um, but my nana had this little chihuahua. Rocky. Yeah, Rocky was his name. And he was this little, like, cute little chihuahua. But when nana first brought him home, he would bite all of us kids. Like, he would, like <laughs> attack us. But then he really loved us after time. And he ended up living over 20 years old. Yeah. This little chihuahua, he couldn't see. He could hardly walk. He yeah. couldn't control his bladder. But he was still kicking for a long time. That's because the smaller the breed, the longer the lifespan. Yeah. And honestly, with Madonna, I'm kind of like, fuck, just hurry up. I can't wait till he's like old and senile. <laughs> and like, he has like the tongue like sticking out like all the time. Yeah. And like, and like the cataracts. And you know when like old dogs start doing that thing where they just like stare at a wall for like an <laughs> yeah. hour? And you're, they'll like, sit at the front of the wall. Yeah. Like. And they'll just be like, and you'll be like, come on, come on. And they just like. You have to carry them everywhere. They just, like, piss on you. Yes. Well, that was Rocky. And Rocky... Nana got another dog called Abba. And Abba's oh tongue... Oh, my God. I, th- I don't know what is going on with Abba, but he can't... He can... His tongue always hangs outside of his I mouth. I love it. And he's got, I think, like, six or seven toes on one foot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like... How? He, she was tiny. But anyway, also, Abba, did Abba's she, adorable. Has she named her Abba because... She knows my name. My dog's name is Madonna. <laughs> Did you tell her about Madonna? And then she like the bitch has gone and stolen my idea. I think Abba became. I think Abba came before Madonna, in in all senses. But it's I'll have fine. to post a photo of um, Abba because it's the most ridiculous, but also cute looking dog yeah. you've ever seen. I wanna. Can you post a photo of Madonna as well? I want people to see what he. We looks can do like. a poll. Yes. Do you prefer Madonna? Or yeah. Do you prefer Abba? Madonna or Abba? Honestly, that fucking dog. Well, I've absolutely loved chatting to you, Mia. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm really grateful to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Um, I fucking love you. And thank you so much for having me, Fraser. It's been an honour. I'm incomprehensibly obsessed <laughs> with you and uh. very grateful to be in your life.
ditto. Love you lots. Love you lots. And thank you to everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Thank you, Slay Queens. Bye. Bye.